much for joining us today on episode number 221 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So we all have different reasons why we got into running and also different reasons why we continue to run. But most people would like to say that they want to be fit and healthy. Today, we want to talk about why those two terms are not the same and how being fit is not always the same as being healthy. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so quick shout out to our brand new members of the Real Life Runners Training Academy. We are so excited Woo, that shout. shout. <laughs> that's your shout out. Yep. You just say shout. Shout. I think that's how you do it. <laughs> Isn't that just going to like trigger us like a, a song? No, that's what the kids do. <laughs> and they, do they throw their hands up in the air too? No, they have no idea what that song is. That's what the kiddos <laughs> do though. That's a shout out. Really? No. Oh, well, you're a high school teacher. I feel like sometimes you have the. Finger on the vibe. I teach honors geometry. It's not necessarily <laughs> the, the coolest the of the vibe. kids. It's the uh, pulse. Finger on the pulse. The finger on the... Oh, my Lord. Have mercy. It is late at night, and <laughs> this is real life, and this is the fall semester when we are coaching cross-country every single day of the week and working a lot and having kids in multiple sports. And so here we are um, at 9 o'clock at night recording our podcast. It's not that late, and yet we're a little punchy. It's real life. All right, so anyway, shout out to our new members. We're super excited to work with you. Um, don't forget... We have live coaching calls this every Friday now um, to go over all the new lessons inside the Real Life Runners Training Academy 2.0. It's going to be so much fun. So anyway, let's get on to this episode, shall we? Excellent. Let's talk about reasons that we run, okay? Because there's a lot of reasons that people run. I run because it's awesome. It is awesome. But I would say that most people have reasons that fit into like three categories, three main categories. Aw, some and what's the third one ness there you go there you go awesome okay. ness. what do you right. got what do you got for me so I, I was kind of thinking about it and i was thinking okay most people want to get more fit right some version of that and that we're makes, gonna we're gonna sense. go into like what each of these categories what i think falls into each of these categories so to get more fit to improve our health in some way or to challenge ourselves yeah no definitely right like everybody's kind of Whatever it is that your your reason is could maneuver its way into one of those things. One of those things, Good right? umbrellas. And, okay, so what does it mean to be fit? So in the fitness category, I tend to put um, they want to run faster, they want to run longer, or they want to achieve certain metrics like weight, BMI, body composition, those kinds of things. So to me, fitness, it tends to be numbers-based Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, fitness is... Like, I think a lot of people that run for fitness are very much clock chasers, not necessarily like running races for the the bling, but literally running races trying to chase after PRs because a lower number on the clock to them is a sign of greater fitness. Well, I think that the bling is definitely fits into the fitness category as well. Yeah? Yeah, I do. Because it's it's completion, right? Oh, so it nice could be one. that number, right? Like, it, I, I've run this many 5Ks, or I've run this many miles. I think those are also in the fitness category. Yeah, run the year people. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, because they want to be more fit. Like, And so, like, fitness, to me... I don't know. And, and if you guys have different opinions of this, I would love to hear this. Like if we could get a discussion going on this, um, we put up a post every week on Instagram that's for this episode. So if we want to get a little discussion going in there, I think that'd be super fun. So 
to me, that's what I think of when I think of like people that are like running for fitness. They're, they're doing it just to get in better shape. And a lot of times getting in better shape is like the way that they look or the way that like the numbers are, are changing. Yeah. So the way that they look definitely falls into this one. Right. So that one is not really exactly numbers based, but like weight and BMI and body composition are kind of in that realm. It is if you haven't separated like the way that you look from the direct number on the scale. And there's a lot of people that get into running to try and put numbers lower on the weight. scale. Like yeah. that's, that's the goal is to make the number on the scale come up a little smaller. And then from the, the run faster, run longer, that also kind of bleeds into your third category of to challenge yourself. It just kind of, I think there's a, a mental perspective on this one. Mm-hmm. Like, are you running to, to towards fitness yeah. or are you running towards the, the challenge of yourself? Like my, my boss, when he started, he ran, he had run over a hundred marathons but he didn't do it to check his fitness. Like that's just, that's what he did. That mm-hmm. was like, Oh, there's another marathon this weekend. I'm going to go do that one and challenge myself. And yeah, you know, that that's just kind of what he did for, I don't know, a long period of time. Well, yeah. And, uh, but I mean, again, challenging yourself a lot of times I feel is number related in a lot of ways, right? That they want to run a certain distance or run like a certain race or, or achieve kind of a bucket list item, like run a marathon, yeah, right? That's like a, a lot of times when people want to challenge themselves, they either want to be able to run a certain distance or a certain race or they want to be able to hit those races in certain times. I feel like a lot of times that's what the challenge is to a lot of people. Okay, so then separate that one from fitness. Fitness is like more of the numbers rather than the... I mean, I think, like you said, they kind of bleeds together, right? Like, I think that they're, they're, in general, like, people that want to challenge themselves also want to be more fit. Yeah. And they, they also want to be more healthy, too. But today we're going to talk about how fitness and health don't always work hand in hand. Yes. I mean, that's really the big one is the difference between the fitness and health and challenging yourself kind of, kind of encompasses both of them. I would, I would say. Yeah. And we'll get get there. We'll definitely get there for sure. And so, you know, when, if you are running to be fit, to improve your fitness, right, to get better numbers, run faster, run longer, achieve a, a weight, a BMI, a body composition, I want you to just stop and think for a minute about why you want to do those things, okay? Like, why do, why does that number matter to you? The number on the scale, why does that number matter? The number on the race clock, why does that number matter? The number of miles you run, why does that number matter? Because I think that a lot of times when we're just running for fitness and we we become a little obsessed with numbers, a lot of us as runners, like that, that's just what happens, right? Especially with all the data we can have now with our VO2 max and our, you know, heart rate and our resting heart rate. Like, we are inundated with numbers, right? I finish my run and it'll then tell me all of the splits in my average heart rate and my highest heart rate and my current VO2 max. And then it'll estimate how many hours until I'm fully recovered from that workout. Oh yeah. I love that one. That one's, I don't even know what, what, you know, algorithm. Your recovery advisor. Yes. My recovery advisor. Yes. Like, uh, lay on the couch tomorrow. Sometimes is the, <laughs> yeah. the recovery advisor. Yeah, like 47 hours. Like really that much? I mean, I had a friend before he had ran <laughs> an ultra marathon and the watch actually didn't make it. He had to have two separate watches because mm-hmm. the one watch dies halfway through. Cause it, it won't, it doesn't have the battery life to take him through all hundred miles. Oh wow. So he has to bring two watches. And the first one before he had even completed the entire race, when he, you know, plugged it back in and turned it on, his recovery advisor told him five days mm-hmm. um, and that he was overreaching. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he had, that watch died with 40 miles still to go. Oh my goodness. That's <laughs> crazy. So, it, you know, just take a minute to think about why you want those things. And, you know, as you're kind of thinking, 
the secondary follow-up question is really what do we think that those things will give us? Because I don't know how many runners have actually stopped and thought about this on a deeper level. And you guys know us, you know, especially me. <laughs> I am a deep thinker. <laughs> Kevin is like <laughs> hiding his head over here because it's just one of the things I do. I question everything. I think deeper about everything. That's just how I'm wired. But I think that it's important because a lot of times we like set these goals for ourselves. And you're like, I want to run a half marathon in under two hours. And like, okay, but great, but why? And it's like, well, I want to challenge myself. Okay, but why? Right? Like, why does that matter? Like, what is it that you think? that result that number will give you and for a lot of people it can be health right like they think that 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 will lead to better health for um, other people it's like a sense of confidence it's that sense of self it's like uh, a stronger sense of identity like if you keep you know doing the five whys exercise that we have taught people like inside of our five-day challenge if you keep asking the question why right you answer the question and then you say why and then you answer it again and then you say why you do that five times to try to get down a little bit deeper and what is it that you think that that result is going to give you I think is a very interesting question for us to ponder right and it definitely does not go the same place for everyone. No. It, it doesn't go the same place for the same person, you know, a couple months separated from each other. Like Especially when, a couple years separated from each other. Definitely a couple years separated from each other. That why has very different. But this gets tricky if you're training for a race that's like a year ahead mm-hmm. and you've got, you know, maybe some like build up races along the way your deeper why could literally change along the course of that year of training. And sometimes you're like, why am I still training for this race? Mm -hmm. And and you're not sure what the the reason is. It kind of meanders sometimes. So pausing from time to time to figure out like, why are you doing this? Why does that seem like a good idea? Why does that feel so important to you? What are you chasing after? Like, is it fitness? Is there something beyond fitness? Because sometimes the answer is fitness. Sometimes people are like, oh, I I signed up that race because when I've got that race out there, it kickstarts my fitness. I'm very consistent with that. And Mm -hmm. so that's a very good way to use a race out in front of you. Like I'd argue there's a better way to aim for motivation than just continuously signing up for races. But it's a good thing to put out there to Mm -hmm. try and maintain fitness if that helps you maintain your consistency. Right. And so ultimately it's important for us to just kind of know why we're doing anything, right? So from there, I want us to think about what does it mean to be healthy? Okay. So what does it mean to be fit? I think is more numbers based. Sure. Okay. Faster, longer, whatever body metrics you want to measure, you got fitness. Right. And then what does it mean to be healthy? Now to me, this is a little bit of a more complicated um, topic. Sure. A little bit more of a complicated category. Like how do we define health? And I was trying to think about this as I was thinking about this podcast, how do we actually define healthy? And I think that the definition of healthy is different for everyone, just like the definition of fit is different for everyone, right? All of these things are subjective. And I think that's a really important thing to also point out is that there is no objectivity here, right? Because what one person thinks is fit another person might think is complete crap, right? And vice versa, right? Like if you think that you are super healthy and super fit, you know, to uh, an elite Ironman, maybe that's not super healthy and super fit, right? It's supers in quotes on that one because they just knocked out an Ironman. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? So I feel like all of this is relative. And I think that that's a very, very important point for all of us to just sit on for a second because 
I think that a lot of times we're like chasing these numbers or thinking that we're trying to prove something or earn something or, um, you know, kind of get to some arbitrary point. But like, what is that point for you? You know, that point might mean something completely different to somebody else. Right. And a lot of, a lot of people are trying to get into running for their, their greater health yeah. and then end up chasing numbers on the fitness side and not necessarily chasing health. Right. And sometimes these two things are very much connected to each other. There was the, And sometimes they're very much opposite. Right. And so you're like, well, who, who are you to try and, and say what healthy is? But mm-hmm. Um, like there's health insurance companies that are are over there raising Trying their to hand. Figure it out. Like, yeah. oh, it's us. We're the ones deciding yeah. actually what healthy means. Like, wasn't it the the life insurance company that I used to get ads for a mm-hmm. couple years ago that was like, show us your marathon finishing time yeah. and we'll give you a lower rate on your health insurance yep. or on your life insurance. On your life insurance, yeah, for so sure. They were in fact using numbers mm-hmm. from fitness to try and determine health. Right. And same thing with like, you know, people like smokers and those kinds of things can get different rates, you know, or non-smokers, you can get a different rate on different types of insurance, yes. you know, um, based on that. But when I was thinking about health and how to define it, I really, I broke it up into two main areas, which are physical health and mental health, because I really think that as runners, we run for both. You know, I think that, you know, maybe it starts as physical health and it kind of turns into mental health. I think if you've been running for any period of time, you understand the mental benefits of running. And I I really think that that is one of the main reasons that we stick with it for such a consistent period of time. I think it's one of the reasons why we should also. Like this is one of the reasons why even as other goals kind of change, you move more into the the depths of the Mm -hmm. mental health aspect of distance running. Totally. And it's like, you know, I, I will tell people you know running is not the best way to lose weight and and running is not the best way to get in shape like there's a lot of other things that you need to do in order to like be healthy and be fit in my opinion strength training is definitely one of the top things and you guys have heard me talk about strength training plenty of times on the podcast and how important it is for us but when we talk about physical health and mental health, right? Like I do think that the mental health aspect of running is one of the things that sets it apart from a lot of other forms of exercise. Right. So let's see if we can kind of piece apart the the physical side first, yeah. because I think this one is sort of trying to nitpick between what is fitness, which is a lot of numbers based, and what mm-hmm. is physical health, which is a lot more like does this feel right? And then there's companies out there that are trying to measure some of these things. Right. And there are some things that you can put numbers on here, right? So when I think about physical health, I think about metabolic health. Okay. So that's like our, um, the way that we process energy in the body. I think about the levels of energy that we feel right in our body, how tired we are versus how much energy we have for our daily activities. To me, that's one of the biggest ones. Like that's a sign of physical health. Like, do you feel like you have enough energy to get through the day? Yeah. Like, at noon, do you need to take a nap every day? Like you might not be balancing fitness and health. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're just, you are balancing. Like maybe the fitness part is there and you're just exhausted at lunch. Like something is going off with your day. If you just feel tired all the time. Yeah. We shouldn't feel tired all the time. Like (laughs) I I, I don't think we should like, and I know that a lot of people do. And I think that that's a sign that we're getting something wrong here, right? There's there's something going on. We're either training too hard, we're not recovering enough, you're not getting enough sleep, you're not fueling your body, right? There's a lot of things that are going into that. So moving on from that, like immune health, okay? If you're getting sick all the time, I would not say that that is a marker of a healthy body. 
Right. Right. Like, like if your immune system is in the toilet and you're just constantly getting sick, that's not healthy. Yeah, you're jumping from race to race and from illness to illness. These are bad combinations. Right. Another thing I think that is a good marker of health is our GI health, right? Our GI system, our gastrointestinal. Like if you are constantly having digestive issues, like in, you know, bowel problems and stomach issues and those kinds of things, to me that's a sign that's the, like if you're having issues there, that's an area where your physical health is lacking. Right. And that GI health tends to then spill out into other areas of your health. Like oh, your... did you really have to say spill out? Talking yes. about GI health. Yes. That's what I went with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spill over. Um, so I was, I, I have to put this in here. Oh God. I was driving along the street today and well, actually I was in the passenger seat and there was a car in front of Which us. Which one of our daughters was driving that you were in the passenger seat? I was seat. with my mom. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, we were driving, and there was a car in front of us with the company, My Shiny Hiney. My Shiny Hiney. Oh, I've driven behind that before. And I was like, what does this company do? <laughs> like, what in the world is going on here? Long story short, they they clean up life's messes, a.k.a. like car seats and those kinds of things. With, if there's like a blowout yep. or, you know, major spillages, yep. they come and clean it up for you. Yep. And I was like, my mom's like, who would pay for something like that? I'm like, oh, people would pay oh, for that. Oh, lots of people lots would pay for that. Lots of people will pay for that. But anyway, I digress. Okay, moving on from GI health, cardiovascular health, okay? So heart issues, vein, artery, like blood flow issues, that's all in cardiovascular health. Right, proper circulation, which... Like all of these things are connected because what well, you know the body's despite what you learn in like anatomy class in like seventh grade health, there aren't all these separate systems that don't interact with each other. Like they all in fact unite towards each other. Mm-hmm. One if one area is not doing well, it's going to affect other areas. Totally. And then the other thing I think about is the skeletal system and the muscular system. So like our bones, muscles, tissues, those kinds of things, like basically our orthopedic system. Um, you know, if you're constantly getting injured and those kinds of things, something there is not healthy. All right. So where are you putting like sleep? Because I think being able to sleep through the night mm-hmm. falls into physical health. Um, where would I, where would I put that? Like Like the ability to fall asleep mm -hmm. in a reasonable amount of time Mm -hmm. and the ability to get up and, and generally stay asleep throughout the night. Like, and let's say you have to get up and go to the bathroom. I mean, I would put that like, like in hormone, hormonal health, you know, like, um, which is more like the endocrine system, metabolic system. It depends on why you're getting up. Right. Like, so if it's, um, if you have to get up and go to the bathroom all night long, like it may be an issue with the urinary tract system. Right. Like, so I think that could, that sleep is a very complicated multifaceted type of issue but most of the time it's hormonal most of the time hormonal yeah. so then making sure that all of your hormone levels are balanced out is yep. also a, a big key marker inside of physical health yeah for sure um, and then when we talk about mental health, things that I think about in mental health are our levels of stress, right? How, how often do you feel stressed versus how often you're, you're feeling calm? I think of um, the amount of like anxiety, worry, fear that's in your life, your sense of balance in your life. Like, do you feel like you've got a sense of balance? And when I say balance, I don't mean 50-50, but I feel like, do you feel like Things in your life are working in the way that you want them to. Do you feel like all of areas of your life are balanced in the way that satisfies you and makes you content? Yeah. So this one kind of connects back to your stress versus calm. Like Mm -hmm. you don't want to go through the day where everything around you is just perpetually calm. If everything around you is calm, it's a really, really boring day. And sometimes that is in fact what you're aiming for. Oh, I love those days. Right. But (laughs) if, if that's what you have seven days a week, 
you're going to get bored with that. Like you need to have some stresses in there, but the balance is definitely not 50-50 on that one. Well, as humans, I think that we also create stress when we don't have it. Yes. Right? Like we 100%. can just, we create those kinds of things because we don't like that boredom. Yes, because we're, we're stuck and everything seems calm and boredom. So we make little tiny issues, big issues so that we now have a problem that we have to go out and solve. Absolutely. We love solving problems. We love solving problems. That's what our brain is wired to do. So like just give your bo- your brain the right problems to solve and just let it go to work. It's amazing what will come out of it. And then the last thing I think about when I um, think about mental health is our sense of self, like our identity, like how secure do you feel in who you are as a person? How um, confident are you? Like, are you constantly in that state of, you know, questioning yourself um, in a negative way, right? I, I question myself all the time, but I try to do it now. I used, like, I used to do it much more negatively. Now I try to do it in a, in a more positive way of like, how can I grow from this? How can, what can I learn from this? Those kinds of things. Not like, I'm not good enough. You know, am I good enough? Those kinds of things. Like, are, are those, is that the narrative that you have running through your head? Right. So now I think you can kind of start to see how fitness and health are, not always in alignment with each other, especially as you slide into that sense of self and identity versus, you know, chasing after numbers and goals and and bucket list items and challenges where you go through and, and find that, that deeper why of why am I chasing for that? Are you simply trying to chase down some greater sense of identity that you think a number is going to be able to give you? Right. Yeah. And and I think that this is where a lot of times runners and just, you know, fitness minded individuals can get into trouble because a lot of times we think that we're doing things that are good for us. Like we think that getting more fit and pursuing these fitness types of goals are good for us and they're going to make us healthier when in fact they are actually compromising our health in multiple ways. Yeah. Like if you go out and you're like, no, 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 I'm going to run a marathon because if I run a marathon, that means that I'm a really healthy person. But there's a reason why you haven't run a marathon before. Mm -hmm. Like it's not that you are against running 26 miles. No. Like that's not the, the, defining issue here. Not but at all. There's a whole lot of other things that have to go into it. Right. And a lot of those would then compromise on your overall health. If I don't do it correctly. Right. Like I understand that what all goes into training for a marathon and it's not just the mileage. And that's what a lot of people think. It's just about getting out there and getting the mileage, but it's not. It's really more about all of the recovery that's needed from all of those miles. Like, yes, the mileage is important. The strength training is absolutely 100% critical, the nutrition, all of that, but the recovery time, right? Like being able to just sleep more and rest more and take that recovery so that your body can build back stronger and not constantly break down. And also just the amount of time that it takes, right? Not just in training, but in recovery as well. Like there's so many other things that I have going on in my life right now that are priorities to me. Our kids are still young. They're getting older by the minute, which is insane to me, but like you know, I, I can see myself doing a marathon. I'm sure that I will do one. It's just a matter of when. And it's up to this point in time, it hasn't been high on my priority list because I know how I will have to shift all of the other things in my life. And I'm not willing to do that yet at this point. Right. And so part of that, like unwilling to shift thing is the balance of, of mental stress versus calmness. Like if you add 
the physical stress on top of current mental stresses, like the physical stress of training for a marathon on top of current mental stress of all the stuff going on in our lives, Mm -hmm. that might be too much because where you might be able to have time to recover from just marathon training, Mm -hmm. you also have to make sure that you recover from things going on that are causing mental stress in our, in your life also, like raising two kids. Right. And I, I don't, I don't consider myself a very stressed out person. Like I don't, like I used to be, but I like now I feel like I have a very good handle on a lot of things in my life. Like things come up and they don't, I just don't get ruffled very easily. Like that's just not my personality anymore. And, um, so I think that that is important to know about myself. So I do think I'd be able to handle it. And I'm, I'm sure like I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to that date, you know, where I decide to do that. I'm sure we're getting very close. Right. And so, but anyway, enough about that. The point here is, Sometimes our fitness goals can compromise our health. And this is one of the reasons that I haven't. Like, I think that's why you brought this whole thing up, right? Is that one of the reasons I have not yet run a marathon is because that to me would be a fitness goal. And I want to make sure that I'm not compromising the other areas of my physical and mental health in pursuit of that goal. So how can these things be against each other? Because I think a lot of times we just assume that when we become more fit, that we will just be more healthy. And unfortunately, it's not always that way. So for example... If you push too hard to try to achieve, you know, a certain time on the clock or try to run a certain number of miles, a lot of times that can end up in injury. Like get people that are pushing too hard and not getting enough recovery. I mean, this is the classic overtraining issue. Like overtraining very often leads to injury, but you're like, oh, but I want to see that breakthrough time. So I know that I had a good workout on Tuesday, but if I have another good one on Wednesday and Thursday, and then I got to make sure I get my long run in over the weekend... And it's quite possible that really what you're trying to do is control your timeline and shrink it down as tight as possible. Like, not only do I want to achieve that PR, but I'd like to achieve it by the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So I have to cram in all of these workouts in this small little time period so that I can get in all of the things. And then besides those like three speed days, I also am going to do all of my strength training on top of that. And I've got that hit class that I go to on Monday mornings. Like, it's too many things. Mm -hmm. and it's just way too much physical stress on the body. Yeah, and I think that you make a good point there about that need for immediate gratification and immediate results. Like we all want results and we want results yesterday, right? And it's like, it's the same with our fitness and it's the same like with other areas of our life too. Like I notice it with myself like in our business. Like when I want, because I I want to reach lots of people and help other people be healthier and I want to like have all these clients so that I can help more people and grow our business. And sometimes, I get frustrated because we're not growing at the rate that I want, you know, to be growing at. And I, and it's like, no, 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 this is the rate that we're supposed to grow. Like under, like keep re- keeping reminding myself and like asking myself, like, what are you in such a rush for? Right? Like if you know, there's people out there that you can help, you're going to help them. It's just like, you just haven't reached them yet. Right. And so it's like constantly reminding yourself that why, like we're not in a rush, especially like with our running journey. Like why are you in such a rush to achieve these goals? And like sometimes when I ask people that, they'll say, well, I'm not getting any younger, you know, like I want to hit my BQ or I want to hit this time. And I know that the older I get, you know, that time is just going to be harder and harder to achieve. And I'm like, okay, there's something to be said for that, right? But like if you want to pursue that goal, then there, you might have to sacrifice other things in the process in order to do the things necessary to achieve that goal and they're not willing to do that. 
Right. Like that's that's the big thing is if you're going all in on a BQ and and say you're like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes shy of it. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. I really, this is the year I'm I'm going for it. But you're not willing to make other changes in your life. Yeah. Like that your lifestyle is going to stay the same, but you're just going to double down on your workouts. It's, it's going to end up in like with a poor result. <laughs> like that's, it's right. not going to work. And you also are setting yourself up for disaster mentally because now yeah. you've built this race up of this is the year that I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. So then if... Even if it doesn't work out for you, it's going to be a bigger crushing blow than this is the year that I give it another shot. Yeah. So pushing too hard often leads to injury. Another way that pursuing fitness goals can sometimes compromise our health is if you are trying to achieve like weight loss, a BMI, body composition, those kinds of numbers, like, and you're restricting calories and working out more to try to achieve those numbers, right? To become more fit. Like, you know, there's this thought of, well, I'm, I'll be able to run a faster time if I weigh less. And this is one of the, the, the thoughts that was, you know, rampant in elite marathon elite runners right it's about college and professional runners like there are coaches out there that would literally tell their their uh, runners to lose weight right yes and they needed to be 10 pounds lighter even though they were already like 100 pounds right i mean even in programs and there were certainly some programs out there where coaches were directly making inappropriate health comments yeah. uh, towards their athletes but even without that like you stand there on the starting line and you look at the people around you and you're just like ooh that person's pulling away from me. That person's faster than me. You look at the podium finish of so mm-hmm. many of these races in your life and you just, people are naturally prone to compare themselves. Right. And if they see the person up there and physically what you can see is that person weighs less than me. That's the easiest thing to point to mm-hmm. of that's the difference between why they were able to go that fast and why I wasn't. Right. It, it has you, nothing to do with that. No, you can't actually look at them standing on the podium and be like, oh, yes, I can tell by looking at them what they've done for their training over the last three, six, nine months. I can tell they've gotten 10 hours of sleep every night. Right. Like you can't see any of that from right. them standing on the podium. You can easily see, it looks like that person weighs about five to 10 pounds less than me. I should probably lose five to 10 pounds and then I will be in their position. Right. And that's a, a what we think, even if we're not even conscious of it, a lot of times that comparison trap is where we find ourselves. And so if you are restricting calories and working out more to, to achieve certain numbers, this can lead to a host of problems that we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, another one would be sacrificing recovery to really to fit all of this in, right? Sacrificing your sleep, sacrificing recovery. This can cause some major issues. Well, this is trying to cram everything into an already tight schedule. Yeah. Recovery is the first thing to go away. Like for well, a lot of people. I've got to get I've got to get all this stuff done for work, but I also have to be able to go get my six mile run in and then I've got to do this strength workout and I have to get all of these things in, have to get mm-hmm. all of these things in. So I guess I'll just lose an hour of sleep. Right, exactly. Um, so basically what all of these things can do, like if we're pushing too hard all the time, if we're restricting calories, if we're working out more, if we're sacrificing recovery, we are increasing our stress levels. And that's not good for our physical or our mental health. Like our hormones start to get all thrown off. And this hormonal imbalance can lead to chronic more serious problems. One of the most common, I shouldn't say common because it's not really a common condition, although I do believe it is more common than we realize just on like 
a less serious level, right? Yes, I think so, it's definitely way more common than it, right. than it is. So the, the condition is called RED-S, which stands for Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport. Now, this was previously known as the female triad. And the female triad was three things. Number one, disordered eating. Number two, decreased bone health. And number three, lack of menstruation, okay? So females were losing their periods, um, amenorrhea, right? And so this was one of the things that, used to be talked about as the female triad but recently it has been expanded to include number one men which immediately could have doubled the number of people <laughs> right. diagnosed with this right and then also other issues that can result from training in these ways right where you're pushing so hard in the pursuit of a fitness goal in the pursuit of a faster time or a longer distance or all these other things and not taking into consideration other areas of your health so this is one of the reasons that like bone issues like stress fractures are so rampant in elite runners right because they were constantly pushing the envelope they're constantly trying to do as much as they can and like you know get as much recovery as they quote unquote need but like not more right like it's like this fine balance you you and i always talk about you know how they like to walk a very fine line as elites i mean the professional runner literally has to essentially train on the razor's edge like you want to get as fit as you possibly can but if you push too hard you're going to get hurt so you have to find that place where you get hurt and then take like a half a step back from that but then we've talked about this like if you want to keep improving you have to keep pushing your stress just a little bit more but if you're already almost at the line where you get hurt if you push just a little bit more you're basically just setting yourself up for injury then then you take into account the nutrition side of this like all these athletes are working with a nutritionist of trying to like, okay, this is the weight that I feel good at. So how do I maintain this weight? And suddenly you've got the nutritionist. It's like, oh, we need this many grams of protein and this. And it's once you're able to start counting all of your macros and stuff like that, now you've got athletes that are convinced that that is the exact formula. So they stop tuning into what their body says of whether they're hungry or they're not hungry. No, no, no. This is the formula of exactly what I need to eat during the day Mm -hmm. so that I can recover appropriately from my workout so I can be prepared for my next workout and I won't get hurt. I need to have these exact numbers. Right. And it's just, that's just not the way the body works. Like we always wanted to be able to do that because it would be so much easier. Like, wouldn't it be so easy? Like if you wanted to achieve a certain goal, like under two hours in a half marathon, if you could just follow this exact formula and as long as you did it, you were going to achieve that result. Right. But we all know that that's not the way the body works. It's definitely not the way running works. Right. There are good days. There are bad days. There are race, some races where you feel amazing and some races that just you wish never, you know, wouldn't have worked out that way. Right. I, I don't want to say that you wish they never happened because there's something good that we can gain from every race. But, you know, there are some days out there that you're just like, well, you know what? That was a giant crap fest. <laughs> it, it certainly didn't land the way right. that you had hoped it. And there's so many people. Um, I follow several pro and semi-pro athletes on on Instagram, and they just ran Boston or Chicago. because All the yeah. majors are just happening. And... These are races that these people have been training for for like a year and a half now. Yeah. Like the the group of athletes that like didn't qualify for the Olympics. So they got the Olympic excitement, but they haven't really had this large scale race with thousands of people, you know, in 2020 when there were like weird pro rate pro only races. 
now suddenly the world majors are back. There's thousands of people and they're overcooked and they're coming in and they're, it's just not the performance they were hoping for. Well, especially when there's that much expectation, you know, the expectation has been building forever. Right. Exactly. So back to red S. Okay. Um, so disordered eating, decreased bone health, lack of menstruation. Now it has been expanded to include, like I said, men, but also understanding that basic, you know, essentially what all of this does is it messes with your hormones, right? When you are overtraining and not recovering enough, your stress hormones, specifically cortisol, starts getting, going up through the roof, right? And when we have excess cortisol floating throughout the body, there's all sorts of things that happen that we don't want to happen. So these, these kinds of things can include GI issues like gastrointestinal issues, cardiovascular problems, metabolic problems, decreased immune function, hematological problems, that's blood disorders, like problems with like your red blood cells, your white blood cells, those kinds of things, growth and development problems, especially in younger athletes, right? Like this is something that's when, you know, Kevin and I talk about this all the time, how we we have in where we coach, we coach at a small Catholic school and we run against like a lot of the smaller Christian schools. And there's because of the size of some of those schools, they're, they allow middle school athletes to compete at the high school level. And we know some of the mileage that these middle schoolers that are, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, what they're running. And that alone can cause growth and development problems. You know, like the way that these girls' hormones, especially the girls, um, their hormones are because of the way that they're training can have long-lasting, lifelong effects on them. Right, and you kind of put all of these categories under hormone imbalance, which went right back to one of the key components of being healthy. One of the key things of being healthy is actually having general control and keeping your hormones within a normal, reasonable level. Spiking cortisol is not within a normal, reasonable level. Right, and it's not just cortisol, right? There's other issues. There's insulin issues. There's lots of other hormones involved here. So it's not just cortisol. But those hormonal issues can cause problems in all of these areas, right? And then also, finally, psychological, like back to that mental health. When you are training at this level and not recovering and not listening to your body, it can cause a lot of like stress, anxiety, depression. And like people are starting to come out more and more and more like professional athletes, elite athletes coming out talking about how their mental health. I mean, we had a huge example of that this summer in the Olympics, right? With the gymnastics team, especially with Simone Biles, like of how mental health in that pressure of performance, right? Has caused athletes to train in ways that they know were not good for their bodies. Yeah. You've got Simone Biles, you got what, Naomi Osaka on yeah. the tennis side. Mm-hmm. You got so many athletes that are coming out trying to essentially say, I need to take a break from this right. for my mental health. Because but it's also physical health too. That's because their mental health is then falling into their physical health. Right. Like if you're not mentally okay, how are you ever going to perform physically up to you know, what you are actually capable of. Well, and the vice versa too, right? Their physical health, when they're not, when they are just lacking that energy, right? And they're constantly feeling fatigued. What is that doing to their mental health as well? Because when you're constantly fatigued like that, your performance level goes down. And then that goes, you know, into the psychology of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not cut out for this. Maybe this isn't the right thing for me. Like all of these stories that we develop in our heads. Right. And if you're on this disordered eating path, now you're following up, oh, 
I had a poor performance, mm-hmm. so the way to fix it is to eat less. The yeah. way to fix it is to train harder. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that we're talking to a lot of people that, that listen to our podcast that are you know, struggling from severe disordered eating, but there are probably people that on occasion have dipped into disordered eating thoughts. Right. Well, and, and just because... You can have disordered eating and not have an eating disorder. Like, yes, not very, have very a, different. A diagnosed eating disorder, right? Like if you have dis- like disordered eating thoughts, let's you know. I think pretty much most humans, I think, have had disordered thoughts about eating at some point in their life because I, I think I had twice culture. today. Yeah, because of the culture that we're that, that we live in, right? So I just want to bring this in for a second because we have been talking a lot like about elites, but this applies to real life runners too. So you might not see, we might not see like full on diagnosable red S in real life runners, right? But I feel like these symptoms are way more common than we realize and that they might be less severe, but I think that they're on a greater scale. Like I think that many of these issues can affect most runners, like all of us as real life runners in some way or another at one point in time, because, you know, we have some goal that maybe we are chasing at the expense of other areas. And this is why 82% of runners have been injured at some point in their running journey. Right. Because so many of those running injuries come from the second one of decreased bone health. Maybe it wasn't necessarily taken all the way to the level of a stress fracture, but maybe that's because as a real life runner, you're putting in 15 miles a week. Now you turn that into an elite athlete with the same general mindset, the same way that you're putting food in and treating food, but instead of 15 miles a week, you're at 90 miles a week and it's a stress fracture. It's simply the amount of impact that you're putting on the body. At 15 miles a week, you're like, man, my hips are always hurting or Mm -hmm. my shins are, are just, they kill me all the time. Like this aches every time I go out and run. Maybe that's just weakness in the area. Maybe it's something more perpetual like decreased bone health. Like maybe there's lack of calcium coming in here. I mean, it could be bone, but it, it, you know, with real life runners, a lot of times it's more often soft tissue, right? Like it's muscle, it's, it's, um, it's the muscles and the connective tissue that tend to be more of an issue. And a lot of that is because we're not getting enough recovery. We're pushing hard in pursuit of fitness goals and, and just kind of, forgetting about the recovery a little bit we just don't like put that up there on the prioritize you know the the list of priorities that we have that's because it doesn't seem like recovery is actually going to get us anywhere yeah you know oh if i put up this cool workout then that's how i will get to the goal but the recovery is where you actually gain the benefits from the workout right and i think that you know this is definitely prevalent and you know we would love to hear your stories because both of us actually have our own stories of this um of how you know in pursuit of our fitness goals, we both ended up with health issues. And yeah. yours, I think, is is more severe. Um, I mean, we shouldn't compare them, but... No, it's, everything's a competition. Well, let, tell them about your story. Okay, so... I mean, this is... Because this is... I think that your story is, like, the perfect example of this. Because your level of fitness was so high. But clearly, like, your health was not. My health was definitely not so high. So this goes back to 2017. So we've got two younger kids at the time. Um, It's getting late. I'm struggling on the math on that. How old are the kids in 2017? So they were eight and five. There you go. Eight and five. So that's... There was a lot going on with that. And I said... Well, really seven and four when it started. Right, when it started. Yeah. Um, I said, no, I'm going to train for a marathon. I'm going to... 
train really hard. I want to see how far I can push a marathon. I'd done a few half marathons and I'm like, okay, I think if I bring the mileage up just a little bit more, I can train for a marathon and I think I can be pretty successful for it. So I did, I started ramping the miles up, but I didn't really change anything else in my life. But instead of getting up in the morning and doing a six mile, now I was getting up in the morning and I was trying to fit in like nine to 10. So that's just an extra like four miles that I had to be awake for. So I didn't change when we went to bed. I just got up earlier. And we did. And at that time, we were going to bed pretty late. Like, we would very rarely go to bed before midnight. Right. And so then I was getting up at, like, 4.30 to 4.45 to try and squeeze in 10 before I had to get ready and head yeah. off to work. And then it was always, like, a rush to get to work because it was like, okay, how much sleep can I get in and still be able to get up mm-hmm. and, and get to work on time? So I'm squeezing all these... You know, all the miles in, trying to get all the stuff in. Sacrificing sleep and recovery in the For, process. Oh, completely forget the sleep and recovery. Two small children, so we're like go, go, going all the time. I'm eating on lunch break. Yeah. Or I'm working out on my lunch break at school, which then is completely throwing off my when I can eat lunch. So I'm not necessarily getting in the nutrition that I need to. And then... I, I ran a marathon that fall. It went pretty well. I ran another marathon. Second place. I got second place in the marathon yeah. in the fall. I ran another marathon that spring and I won it. Yeah. First place in a marathon. Like the top of the fitness ladder that a lot, you know, the way that a lot of people would measure it, right? Right. Like there's a picture of me crossing the finish line, arms up in the air, like, thank you. Thank you. I've done it. This, I, I did it. Yeah. And then how many weeks later before I hit the ground with my first seizure? Six. Six weeks later, yeah. I was in the middle of a classroom and just dropped to the ground behind the desk and just, you know, full-blown grandma seizure on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they had to take me out of school in an ambulance. I don't remember any of this, but I'm told that I had to go, like, downstairs in an elevator. And yeah. I remember waking up several hours later in the hospital. I'll never forget the phone call I received. I'll tell you that. Like, I was at the gas station, and I got a phone call from Kevin's principal, his boss. And, um, you know, he told me what had happened, and I felt like I was in the twilight zone. Like are you serious right now? Like, how could that even be? Like, because I thought my husband was like the epitome of health, right? Like, I mean, you did too, right? Like we ate really healthy also. Like we cared about our health. We ate really healthy. You ran all the time. Like we were like the poster children in our minds, you know, of like being healthy. We were eating all organic and like all of these things, right? But like clearly something was off. And so, go ahead. I mean, I was missing on a couple of things yeah. because we were trying to be so healthy with the eating. I don't know if I was necessarily getting in all the calories that I needed right. because it was like, oh, well, I shouldn't eat that because that's a bad food. Mm-hmm. Like I was still in that mind frame of that's that's not a good food for me to eat. So even though I'm hungry, I'm not going to have that as a snack because mm-hmm. so now I'm coming up calorie short. I'm averaging like five hours of sleep a night mm-hmm. and we've got a four and seven year old. Yeah. That was a lot going on. Now my principal knows if he ever calls you, he doesn't even say hi to open. He opens with, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will tell you guys, that was definitely, like, one of the scariest days of my life. The, that and then the other two days that he had seizures that year. Well, yeah, because then Jumping, after... Spoiler alert. Yeah, after that one, I then decided to repeat two more times. You didn't decide to repeat. That's a... I mean, it just... Ha- it's, I, it happened. I repeat it. <laughs> it's not like you chose it. Okay, so there's a, there's a rule in Florida that you have to be seizure-free for four months. Six. 
six months yeah. before you can drive. Yeah. And I kept getting to like four months yeah. and then I'd had another, had another yeah, season. All of them were four months apart. So yeah. So long story short, Kevin ended up having a series of three seizures that were unexplained. They did the tests, all of the tests, like all of the, tests. the brain MRI, the EEG, the EKG, like all of these tests. If it has an acronym, they did it. Yeah. All of these metrics, right. That we would tell us that something was wrong we're all coming back normal and so we had no idea what was going on um you know they did some basic blood tests I feel like they maybe could have I I really wanted to check your hormone levels in a lot of ways but I don't know if that I don't think we ever did that but regardless Uh, we had a pretty full blood panel there was very tangible evidence you know when my husband is shaking on the ground and there's blood everywhere and my kids are screaming like that third seizure was here at home. His first two were at school. That third one was here at home. That is very tangible evidence that he is not healthy in some way, right? There was something about his health that was making his brain like not work properly. Like get that. What's the, I'm I'm like, my brain's not working right now. Like not a short wire or a hot wire. No, it was a short wire. Short circuit. Yeah, my brain was short circuiting. That's essentially what a seizure is, is you've got a connection between a couple of neurons firing off in the brain that shouldn't actually connect. So instead of taking like the appropriate path, it takes this shortcut and it, it triggers and spasms inside your brain. And so basically, you know, we saw three different seizure specialists and the one doctor that we saw finally kind of said, you know, Every single human has a seizure threshold, right? And maybe in your life, you've got your seizure threshold maybe just a little bit lower than some other people for whatever reason. And maybe, you know, it can take five things. You know, he was just making up numbers, of course. But say, you know, you're okay when you stack these five things on top of each other. But then you add on number six and that will push you over that threshold, right? So it wasn't the the running that was doing it, but it was the mar- maybe the marathon training because he was talking about how that takes your body to such extremes, right? And we were already, or you were already at extremes with like the, the negative amount of sleep that you were getting, right? And like all these other, the stress levels. And, you know, so it's like just being a spouse, being a dad, working full time, not getting enough sleep, all these things, when you just start stacking them up, it was just like, there was one too many things that kind of triggered it. Right. None of them actually caused the seizures. Right. They, they all did when they all happened simultaneously. Like there wasn't a right. single thing that anybody could ever point to. They simply pointed out that you can't have all of those simultaneously. That's not healthy for you. And it was really just that last doctor that kind of came up with that idea, which makes perfect sense and which is really why we dove so deeply into all of this and started our company and, and created our specific training method so that people could understand a way to train that would promote both their fitness and their health because the two are not always the same. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you understand that, right? Like you can understand that when you are pushing too hard, when you are not getting enough recovery, when you are not fueling your body well, these hormonal imbalances can cause major issues. And, you know, most people are not going to um, manifest in seizures, Most, but most people will manifest in other ways, right? In GI problems, in stress and anxiety disorders, in other cardiovascular issues, in... Um, Perpetual illness, like the one... Right. I, I seem to have had this cold for the last four weeks, you're overtrained. Yeah. 
Totally, right? And especially nowadays, you don't, you never want to be sick because nobody wants to be around you. No, you can't you, be right? sick. It's never a common cold. Right. But there are so many other ways that this can manifest in your life. So take a look, right? And, and this is why it's so, so important for you to look at your health as a whole outside of your fitness, right? The two can definitely complement each other. They can go hand in hand. If you are conscious and aware of how all of the pieces need to work together for you as an individual. Right. And I'm a firm believer that they can work together. Totally. Because that was one of the key things. Like there's a reason why we went to three specialists because I'm convinced that the second guy told me that I couldn't train for a marathon again. He didn't. Angie was there. She promises me that he never said that. (laughs) He never said that. I'm convinced that that's what he said. And the third doctor said, you can't do all of these things simultaneously. So I was like, okay, but I can do this. I just need to figure out the healthy way to do it. Like since 2017, since I've figured out, you know, we've worked together, we figured out how to put recovery and nutrition and all the, all of the important things together. Yeah. I, I've run half marathons, marathons. I did an ultra marathon. Like I've still training and racing at the level that I want. Mm-hmm. I just am actually taking care of my body health wise also. Right. So hopefully you guys really like can figure out how this may apply to your situation and you can understand that being fit is not the same as being healthy and really ask yourselves like which one is more important to you like is it more important for you to be fit and achieve that number those metrics that you're chasing and if so why are those things so important to you or is your overall health more important right and how can I make these two things work together? We're not telling you you have to choose one or the other. It's not fit or healthy. It's fit and healthy. That's really what we want for you guys. Um, But it's important for you to know how all of your body works together for that. And the big thing, I'm sure you've heard us say it so many times in this episode, is getting appropriate recovery. Well, yeah, I mean, because that's the one that so clearly lines up with with my storyline of right. the biggest thing that was missing was recovery from mental recovery of making sure to, to reduce other stresses in my life because I was definitely working on high stress levels, complete lack of sleep, lack of nutrition. All of that is needed for appropriate recovery when you're training at a very high level. Right, for sure. So... If you are interested in learning more about our Real Life Runners training method, you can go check out our website over at realliferunners.com and you can go back in our you know, backlog of podcast episode where we talk about so many of these things. We really believe that training mind, body, and skills are the best way for you to be fit and healthy. Um, so if you want any help with that, please reach out. You know, we've got our training team where we set up a whole system for you. We give you a plan. We help coach you through this so that you can figure this out for yourself. So you can check out all of that information on our website. And you can also just shoot us an email. You know, we're happy to help you guys in any way that we can, but we want you to be fit and healthy. So that's what we have for you guys today. Anything else? Any concluding thoughts? Uh, no, but now that you've punctuated and a few times, now I'm going to have conjunction junction stuck in my head for the rest of the <laughs> evening. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us as always. If you found this episode helpful, please share it to your friends and your family, your other running buddies. Um, Share it to your social media. Tag us so that we can say thank you. We would love to see you over on Instagram. You can follow us at Real Life Runners. Share it up to your stories. Let people know what you're listening to and why you found it helpful. Um, So... Thank you for spending this time with us. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 221. Now get out there and run your life. 
Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.